Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When the red, red robin comes bum, bum, bumming along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. is back and he's back with a bang a last minute leveller at Cheltenham as the addicts steal a point that they barely deserved. Welcome to Charlton Live. Good evening, everybody. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendez. Welcome to Cholton Live uh, on this evening's show. Of course, we'll be looking back at yesterday's smash and grab at one all draw over at Cheltenham Town. Joining me uh, to do that, two men who were there. Have you have you warmed up just yet, Tom Wallen? Just about, yeah. Yeah, all good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. And also joining us, uh, a man who had the excitement of uh, sharing a car all the way down to Cheltenham yesterday with Tom Wallen is, of course, Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? Living the dream, mate. All Cheltenham'd out. Yeah, I didn't think it was possible to be, but no. uh, after yesterday's performance, I mean, no, no major rush to get back there. Um, uh, so on tonight's show, as I said, uh, we will be looking back at that draw uh, with the Robins. We'll hear the highlights very shortly. Of course, hear the post-match thoughts uh, of the manager, Johnny Jackson. Actually, I thought it was a really, interview, uh, really interesting interview uh, yesterday, although it's easy for me to say, but I'll, I'll let you guys be the judge of that. A few things that, that we brought up that I thought his answers were... You know, interesting to listen to. So we hear that. We're also going to hear, of course, from the man himself, 
chucks an EK back in the in the side, back at the club, uh, and back with a goal. Uh, we've got your views as well, the fans bar uh, after the game. We're going to hear some uh, reaction as well to the women's team 1-0 win uh, over Lewis earlier on this afternoon. So before we dive into the highlights of the game yesterday, Tom, uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say we got away with one there. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that was probably, I would say, our worst performance under Johnny Jackson. Uh, I thought, similar to Crew, I thought we started the game okay for sort of 20 minutes maybe without really penetrating. Uh, and then from then, I thought we were very poor. Um, couldn't really put my finger on why or what it was, but something just didn't seem right for the rest of the game. And they could have easily been three or four four up at, at half time if it wasn't for, for Stephen Henderson, who ironically was possibly at fault for the goal, but made three or four other crucial saves. Uh, and then, yeah, managed to obviously rescue a point right at the end, which obviously I'm pleased about being a Charlton fan and it, it stops the rot of this string of defeats. But yeah, slightly concerned about the manner of the performance. And that's something that needs to change when we come up against better sides, because I didn't think Cheltenham offered too much, really. I thought we made them look a lot better than they were. So, yeah, overall performance-wise, a disappointing afternoon. But obviously, you're not going to uh, begrudge us getting a point. And I was obviously very pleased at the end of the game. Yeah, Nathan, how, how did you sum that one up yesterday? Um, we did start OK. Ryan Innes came close. But, I mean, it was all Cheltenham from sort of 15 minutes on until at least until half-time. We had a couple of openings at the start of the second half and obviously we're pushing at the end but they easily could have finished us off in that second period as well yeah they could have um I'd like as you both say we started started brightly but I think most of the from memory on the first half a lot of times they got sort of through on goal was for our own def- like for our own sort of mistakes it was we were sloppy sometimes but uh yeah look, we started brightly and then we just started I don't know, we just seemed to stop doing it exactly, as Tom said, like what happened at Crew. we just stopped doing what we, we was, you know, keeping the ball, retaining the ball and getting in good areas, albeit not really creating too much, um, and it was just our final final ball which was letting us down, but after that we just looked laboured and leggy and, you know, just going through the motions really, and, and they grew into the game and look, they looked a lot sharper. Um and yeah, it was just a disappointing day because after that start, you know, the the crowd were, you know, the, the away fans felt like a home game, absolutely brilliant. And then you you dip the, the sort of the level performance dips, and then it goes a bit stale in the crowd, understandably. And and then yeah, it just sort of petered out, and we sort of smashed and grabbed. But looking at recent results, there's been games where we felt I felt we should have won, and we haven't. So it swings around about. So I suppose the old saying goes. Yeah, certainly is. Right, let's have a listen then to the highlights of yesterday's game. Your commentators over on Charlton TV, as always, were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Corner comes in from Morgan. And it's there, he hits it. Oh, it's saved off the line. Left a combination of a keeper and a defender. Charlton's so close to taking the lead with the Innes header. May over the free kick, swings it in. And Nadulu's there, and he heads it out to, over the bar. Had a stretch for it, but it's a chance. Oh, and it's a poor ball back inside, straight to Nadulu. May on the reverse ball into the penalty area. Lovely save from Henderson and Dobson clears it away. And Charlton suicidally almost Charlton. conceding. It's a, it's a ball through which for Callum Wright. He's in the edge of the area. Henderson comes out, gets something on it. And it allows Innes then to clear it away. But three times in quick succession now Charlton have threatened the Charlton goal. They cut through Charlton far too easily. The midfield doesn't drop quick enough. Mate, towards the far post and long stretches. It's a cross goal and somehow Wright can't convert. And I think Anike in the end clears it over the bar. 
Oh, how on earth Cheltenham didn't score there? I'll never know. Left to Freestone again. Four towards mate, and this can cut it out, but his clearance only as far as Circum out to mate. And this goes across to close him down, but May cuts inside, finds right, right with the shots and saved by Henderson. Uladulu scores and is onside. And Cheltenham have the lead. You can't keep making mistakes, you can't keep giving the ball away, you can't keep giving chances away and expect not to get punished. A very similar goal to Cruz scored the other Gordon day. Zulu hits it on, mate. Had to circle forward to Blair, who's onside, touches it down, can Blair score? No! Henderson's there for Cholton. Great goal. Very close to 2-0. It's there, it's the half-time whistle after 45 minutes. It's Cheltenham 1, Cheltenham 0. It's Taylor on the left-hand side for Cheltenham. His first touch goes down the line with the cross, deflects in towards Lee, lets it run. Enike, can he get there? Enike! Oh. Comes off the bar. So close to goal on his second debut. I have to say, that's the sort of chance that only Chucks Enike can fashion himself. He's with the cross, it's high in a penalty area. First underneath this. Player heads it away as far as any. Lee with the volley! Oh. Good goalkeeping in the end from Evans to catch it. Lee caught it well. He sends the ball in looking for May on the volley and he caught it so well. And wasn't far wide. Inside to Morgan. Will go for goal. Takes a deflection. Comes to Anike with a shot. Saved by the goalkeeper. And Cheltenham clear their lines. Sends it in looking for Pollock. It's a free header. And he should have done better. Cheltenham defence asking questions. But Pollock unmarked. Heads wide. Control back to Lee. Lee's got uh, Lico out on the right hand side. Lico in the penalty area. Across the goal! Oh. Too, too far ahead of Anike to turn it in. It's away for a goal kick. Well, that's the chance Sean have been looking for. Back in on his right foot into the penalty area. Blake Taylor with the shot. Straight to along the ground. And easy and comfortable for Evans. Four that's minutes of added time. The referee had that time on. That's the throw taken quickly. Back to Claire. Cheltenham funnel out. Claire gets the ball into the box. It's a good header of the far post. There's a flick off from Anike! Innes with the header back across. Chucks an EK. Back at Charlton and back on the score sheet. We talked about Innes just prior to that. Was at the far post of a corner and getting the flick on. This time he was at the far post here. Cheltenham didn't do a deal with it. Headed it back in. Claims of offside. Nothing given as Anike got the faintest of touches to head it past. And it was going to be Anike, wasn't it? to get the goal for Charlton. Charlton fans behind and to the side celebrate accordingly. Outpouring of emotion because the performance hasn't been great. And Charlton have got their way back All into the game. from Henderson. And EK coming towards it. No, that is the final whistle. And Charlton have grabbed a point here at the Johnny Rock Stadium which looked increasingly unlikely as the game unfolded. There we go, getting away with one, uh, perhaps uh, right at the end there with the, the leveller from Chuxanika. I mean, it was, it was a positive end to the game, Tom. Uh, you know, I felt, I felt a bit better coming out of it after that cold win, certainly, than I think I would have done if it hadn't, because the, the performance wasn't good. But, I mean, we've just re-signed Chuxanika on, on Thursday's show. Ironically, we, when we didn't know it was going to happen, we were talking about if someone like Chucks and EK was to come on loan this season, probably wouldn't be really worth it because, 
you know, we're, the season's effectively over in terms of going up. Maybe we need a few more points just to make sure we don't get sucked into any relegation battle. But, you know, any money spent on loan wages in the second half of this season wouldn't necessarily be a, a good deal. But the fact that we've got him as a permanent for three and a half years, and that, to me, I know we've had to pay money for someone we owned six months ago, but that's just the way it's gone. And for a striker of his quality, for that sort of money, it feels like a really good deal and he's repaid us already. Yeah, I thought it was... Uh... In the circumstances, a good performance. He didn't get a huge amount of service, did he, throughout the game? But I thought he played very, very well. Um, I think, yeah, when we were speaking about him on on Thursday's show, we were very much focused on the fact that if it was a loan move, what sort of value would we be getting? Uh, and as you say, I think we both agreed, or all three of us agreed, that it wouldn't really be, be worth it. But that's different. You know, when you get someone on, on a deal like we have, I think that changes things because we know what he can do at this level. Uh, our only concern really was his injuries and his ability to play 90 minutes. And we'll have to see how that carries on. But obviously yesterday he was able to do it. Uh, although I know Jacko wasn't planning to play him for the full game, but but kind of had no choice. Um, but in terms of his ability and, and his ability to take chances, we know what he can do. And I think if he'd have had more service yesterday, we'd have seen a lot more of that from him yesterday as well. So I think it's a good bit of business. As you say, it's a bit of a shame we had to lose him and get him back and lose some money. But maybe that's a bit of a, a kick in the ego of Thomas and maybe a lesson learned for him. But um, yeah, proven at this level, if nothing else, he's going to give you know good options off the bench. But if he can start and he can last 90 minutes, then he's a very good option to start as well. And as I say, he didn't have a huge amount of service yesterday, but when he did get the ball, he showed what he's about. And, and obviously that was uh, sort of typified by the goal at the end of the game. Mm, yeah, but he was getting frustrated, particularly in the first half, Nathan, because he wasn't seeing a great deal of the ball. And uh, I mean, uh, he only had about 35 touches of the ball. I think Mason only had 11 touches of the ball yesterday. We weren't getting the ball up to that end of the pitch anywhere near consistently enough because, as we said, other than the first 15 minutes in which we won that that amount of corners. It's, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's going wrong at the moment, but you can see it certainly is at the moment. Yeah, I think it was a bit frustrating for, obviously, Chucks, as you say, because he didn't really get much service until really the early parts of the second half and Corey came on and then we started going a little bit more direct into his feet. First half, we tried doing the diags and going over top for Mason and that wasn't working. So, But I just think Chucks offers us that dis different dimension. You know, you've got Stockley, who's that sort of target sort of man, if you if you were, and Connor runs the channels, whereas Chucks is a big unit and he's powerful, but he can run with the ball as well when he drags so many players there was a point yesterday where I think he shrugged off like two or three players <laughs> at the same time so yeah it was a frustrating day for him but it was a frustrating day all round really we didn't really create too much uh, throughout the game and as you say Mason didn't really get a lot of service either but I thought we were trying to be a bit too direct and being a bit too predictable at times I think and um, but you know as, as Tom's already said it's a good option it's something it's another dynamic we've got now um, and it was good for him to get a goal because I think, you know, I thought he was he had a decent game, to be fair. He kept going and he got his just rewards at the end. And um, I think, yeah, apart from him and maybe probably Albie, which I have to give him credit for because I've been critical of his, of his performances before. But I thought Albie had a good game as well yesterday. Yeah, Albie certainly um, shown a little bit of improvement. You know, it's only a, a game and a bit, isn't it, really? But if, if he can continue down that path, then, then who knows? But... Let's not get our hopes up too soon with Albie because we, we, we've seen it before. I mean, but the, the goal for 
Cheltenham, I guess it's been coming. Um, as you already said, Tom, Stephen Henderson made a couple of saves, but it's so similar to that goal we saw against us on, on Wednesday night at Crewe, where the shot comes in from the edge of the area and, it, and it's palmed out. Now, I, I, think, I can't remember if I pointed it out on Thursday or not, but you know, I felt we got away with a couple of... Uh, Gateshead in the FA Cup where they went back into the danger zone and it, it felt to me as, as a lesson not learned I mean I did ask Jacko about it after and you'll hear his sort of differing version of events to, to what I've just said there um, but is it I mean could the defenders be doing more to get back and help as well is is, is that all on Hendo or certainly partly on Hendo uh, I think the goal was a combination of things really I think defensively we were just just poor generally we gave uh, I think, was it Wright who had the initial shot? We gave him far too much room on the edge of the box. We gave Alfie May, who I think played the ball across to him, far too much space out on the right as well. So Innes' clearance had gone straight to them as well, hadn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I think there were plenty of uh, plenty of people at fault. I think for Hendo, it, it's very telling. I was watching the highlights back just before the show and the commentator says it was a good save. And I, I was thinking, well, at the time, I thought, no, it wasn't. It, it was a mistake from Henderson. And watching it back, I, I still stand by that. I think... He could have done better, you know. If he can't hold on to it, then he has to palm it out wide. Same as the week, uh, same as Tuesday or Wednesday night at the Crew game, and I think Hendo showed that because at half time, when he goes to collect his his towel and his bottle from the goal, he was apologising to the Charlton fans and holding his hands up. So he knew he'd made a mistake as well. And and as I say, it's a part of me is, is kind of doesn't want to blame him because he made some very good saves as well that probably kept us in that game but ultimately that one mistake has also cost us a goal which kind of nullifies at least one of those those saves so very disappointing because you know Jacko said on Wednesday pre-game to uh to Charlton TV he said he had no no qualms putting Henderson in I think we were all pleased when he was signed as a backup keeper because of what he'd done with us before you know we'd, we'd probably put him down as a, a safe pair of hands and yeah, as you say, there's, it's not the first time that we've seen that from him and, and it's disappointing. And I know that goal mouth was, was horrible and, and muddy and, and whatever, but it wasn't like the shot bobbled or anything like that. So I don't think there's any excuse. But uh, just generally defensively, as I say, I think we were poor because that wasn't the only time they got through. You know, there were two or three, what I would say, clear cut chances that Hendo, you know, one on one managed to pull off a save basically just to prevent a goal. So... Yeah, it was disappointing. As I said, right at the start, the performance all round was disappointing. And I think when you concede like that, and, and Naif said it to me when we were in the ground, when we go 1-0 down, the idea that we're going to have to score two goals to win a game is is what worries us at the moment. Because particularly up until yesterday, and, and certainly before Crew, we hadn't scored for a few weeks. So that's the concern, really. I don't remember the last time we kind of went ahead and stayed there. It probably was the, the Cambridge game back in December. So... Yeah, we need to be we need to be scoring first, particularly against opposition that we're kind of not expected to beat, but sort of place where you go and you think, well, if you want to be a top half side, then you need to win these games. And I know we've probably written off playoffs now, but ultimately that's still where we want to get to. So yeah, very disappointing. Mm, and uh, I mean, Cheltenham certainly had their chances to put it to bed. Uh, I mean, they had two or three good openings before they took the lead. That one just after, uh, you know, just before half time, when Henderson came off his line and and did sort of make amends a bit for um, what one of the mistakes he made um, in the second half. I think there was a header at the far post, an excellent volley. I think it was from May that went across the face of goal. Um, you know, I mean, the 
Michael Duff, I think afterwards said they had enough games to uh, to win that to win five, enough chances to win five games. I mean, you should have seen the um, the local BBC commentator there was he was throwing his chair around with anger at full time. They were so so frustrated that they didn't win that game. I mean, it, it probably like equivalent of, of how we felt that time against Forest when we played amazing for like an hour seventy minutes and then just couldn't find a second goal to to finish them off, Nave. Yeah, and they had, they had that. Uh, I think Callum Wright missed one on the line as well, which was right underneath the crossbar first half as well. So yeah, we were saying um, as we were walking back to the car to come home that if I was a Cheltenham fan, I'd be fuming, um, especially not only because they lit a little flare and then it sort of came to bite them in the backside, but just their performances. Like Duff rightly probably would have said I haven't heard his interview, but they created a lot of chances. But the frustrating for me thing for me is that. Just because we're Charlton, it doesn't mean we're going to play well for 90 minutes. It doesn't mean we're not going to concede chances. But when you concede chances and teams have a good passage of play and cut you open, then fair enough. But a lot of our defending at the moment, it's just our own doing. And it's just, especially that we're sort of struggling for goals at the moment. If you're giving away silly goals, then, you know, maybe, yeah, our defence could have been flat, uh, were flat-footed and could have probably helped a little bit more. But... It's that and, you know, the set pieces, you know, against crew and it's just frustrating. And um, so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if any every Chol- uh, Cholton, every Cheltenham fan rather would have been um, throwing chairs and all that at home when they got home because I would have been probably fuming as probably they felt. Yeah, changes were made, obviously, half-time. Blackett Taylor came on. Uh, we, we saw Jonathan Lico coming on. Do you feel some of these chaps had an effect on, on the game in the in the second half? I mean, you mentioned Blackett Taylor already, Tom, but I think Lico saw a lot of the ball, but I mean, his, some of his end product was getting a little bit frustrating on, um, on yesterday. Uh, he did have that one cross that went across the face of goal, but... More often than not, he'd get he'd get in, try and drill across, and he, he always hits it low. It seems at the moment, and it's getting cut out by the first man. Yeah, I think the the two you mentioned specifically, I don't think had a huge impact. But on Thursday's show, I'd called for changes, and I said I'd like to see Adam Matthews. I said I'd like to see Innes. I'd like to see Morgan, and I'd like to see Mason Burstow. So when those four were named in the starting eleven, I was quite pleased. And I thought Matthews was okay. I think again, I know it's a small sample size, but since Morgan has come back in the side midway late through the crew game onwards. I think he's equipped himself well. I'm not saying he's been outstanding, but I think he's played well. Uh, I thought Mason made some good runs yesterday, just didn't really work out for him. Um, so I thought there were there were improved performances from the players that came in. I think, again, me and Nath were talking about this on the way home yesterday. It feels a little bit like this formation has just been found out a bit. Uh, and our wide players, it's just too easy for opposition to just close those wide players down. I, I think... It was about 75, 76 minutes and the ball got played out to, to Blackett Taylor. And that was the first real time he touched the ball. He'd had one or two where he just sort of got it, passed it on and that was it. But that was probably the first time in the game he'd had the chance to actually run at somebody. So I'm just a little bit concerned that, that that's been found out a bit. And, and Jacko's going to have to adapt to that because if that is the case, then there is going to be space out elsewhere. You know, if they're pushing two, three players out wide, then there is space that's going to open up and... At the moment, we're just too slow to move the ball right across the pitch and really stretch the opposition, unfortunately. You know, we can't we can't really do it with one or two passes. We're, we're tending to take about five players to go from one side to the other. And by the time you've done that, the whole opposition have just shuffled across and, and it's too late. So I just wonder if that's something he needs to, to work on. But um, 
Yeah, I was impressed with with elements of the side yesterday. As I say, it was relatively poor performance, so I'm not going to say anyone blew me away. But players coming in, I think, as I, again, as I said on Thursday, they they want to take their chance and they want to stake a claim. And I thought Albie off the back of Wednesday deserved his chance to start. I think he's certainly done his his sort of cause no harm for next weekend as well. As I say, Mason, I thought deputised well up front um, in place of uh, obviously Connor and Jaden. Thought it was great to see Innis back. Uh, I love Piercy and everything he's done for the club since he's been here, but again, looked a little bit suspect in recent weeks. So I was glad he freshened it up. Um, but yeah, I just think th- those wide players, as you say, I didn't think DJ was brilliant in the first half. And then when Lecker and, and Corey came on, I just didn't think they really did enough anyway. And maybe that's credit to Cheltenham or maybe they need to be doing a little bit more. But um, yeah, interested over the next few weeks to see if that continues to be a problem. And if it is, it'll be interesting to see what Jacko does in terms of formation and players. Mm, well, we, we did come away with a point, Nath. Obviously, it was a deep delivery to, to Ryan Innes, which is um, a tactic that we're, we're very fond of because it's, it, it often works. And uh, we saw it flick down and, and there was Chucks and Eken in the right place at the right time. And at which point... Nathan, I'm, I'm sure you joined in with the pitch invasion celebrations. We, we've, we've got that point. We've got it away at Cheltenham. We're going home with a point on the pitch, lads. Yeah, I managed to uh, I managed to refrain from going on the pitch. But, oh, um, it was quite funny. It's just a bit yeah. fun. <laughs> it was. It, I think there was there was. I think there was a young young one who sort of done the knee slide just in front of us. It just he smiled. Just seemed to be like. <laughs> Just like he won the lottery, and then just the just the viewing of him trying to escape from. No, the like stewards. we did win the lottery. To be fair, to be coming away <laughs> with a point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, I know. Listen, um, it's obviously it can be dangerous and stuff. But it looked all light-hearted. But obviously not condoning it or anything. But I did find it weird actually. On the other side of the stand, there was like no hoardings that you could just stand. Like yeah, it, it, it is it basically an invitation weird. to get on yeah, the pitch when there's no hoardings. So you have to stand at the front of the pitch anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I see. See, uh, I can see. I can see why the temptation was there, especially as we say we come away with that last minute level. Let's hear from uh, Johnny Jackson. Then, as I've said, this is the interview that I found. I don't know. I, I certainly think there's a few talking points out of it. I asked uh, him about Chucks. What's his minutes going to be like? Because that's one of our biggest bugbears with him uh, when he was here last season. I asked him about the formation as well, because obviously that's something that comes up when you start to lose games. People say, "Well, will a, a change in shape be?" Uh, something you want to look at as well. So maybe have a listen to what Johnny Jackson has to say on that as well. But this is uh, his reaction to the one-all draw with Cheltenham. Bit of a smash and grab, to be honest. Um, yeah, I was just saying there, football's, football's a mad game. I don't think we deserved anything today. But I feel we have done in, in, in the games that we've been getting nothing from. Look back at the crew game where I thought we were dominant for large parts of that game. Uh, scored a goal at the end, which for me should have stood to get a point there. Um, I think that would have been the least we deserved. The Wickham game, look back at the Norwich game, you know, two defeats where we was again didn't get what we probably deserved out of it. So it's it's flipped on its head really today, and we haven't. In all honesty, I don't think we deserved anything out of the game, but we've got it there, and I'll take that for the for the previous efforts and when maybe we didn't get what we deserved. I guess when you have a striker like Chucks and Ek on the pitch, there is always a chance that you're going to grab a goal late on. Yeah, I mean temptation obviously was to, to bring him off because we know you know Chucks has only trained with us once and he hasn't got a history of uh, 90 minutes um, but very difficult to, to, to take someone like that off the pitch you know when you do need a goal and uh, Chucks loves scoring I've always encouraged him even from when from when I was working with him before to stay between the, the goal posts as a centre forward that's where your goals are going to come um, 
and he's done that. He's done that there at the end and got a little poacher's finish. And I think, I don't mind saying, I think that's what we have been lacking. You know, we haven't been scoring them them ugly goals. Everything has to be the perfect goal and we need someone to go and sniff out a goal. And he's done that now. You spoke about the performance. Like overall, you called it a smash and grab. The performance itself probably wasn't up to the level you were hoping. No, I don't think, you know, we've been losing games and, and people might say, well, you know, we've been on a bad run. We have as far as points, but I've, there's been lots of moments in those games that I've been really encouraged by. And, uh, you know, it's important that you do sort of stick to your principles and, and the way that you want to play and you know, in the hope that it will turn. And I truly believe that. Now, actually, today, I don't think I saw loads of that from my team and the boys have said that themselves in there. I think it was a flat performance, um, whereas some of the previous ones, uh, there was flat spots in the crew game. I'm not going to say that there wasn't flat spots, but I thought uh, as far as um, our play, we was a lot better on Wednesday night and we created a lot more than we did today and certainly further back, Wickham, Norwich, we did as well. And today we didn't, like, we didn't create loads um, and we've ended up nicking a, nicking a goal there at the end. So I'm pleased, but you know I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna overstate it because I, I want to see better performances than that. Well, you made five changes from Wednesday. I mean, I guess part of that will be the fact it was so close. But I'm guessing you've spent this week thinking about different personnel, maybe even different formation that you might have to shake things up a little bit to try and get a reaction. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have been thinking about a lot a lot of things. But like I say, you know. It's easy to, you know, you get a couple of defeats and then you just rip it up and start again. And that's not that's not the way that, you know, I go about my work. I've got, I believe in, in what I'm doing. I know the lads believe in it. And, and I think when it's implemented well, uh, you see that. You see the things that we're trying to do. Today, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. Individual performances wasn't good enough. I think, you know, if you look over the team and it's often an indication of who had the better of it when you look at who won the individual battles I'd say they won more than us uh, and it's always going to be tough so but yeah I was, I'm always looking at you know how we can improve and what I need to do and today was a decision I made to try and freshen it up um, best I could how I sort of fit um, has it worked I don't know we've got a point we didn't we didn't lose we didn't win we didn't play particularly well but uh, we, we take the point and if we can go and back that up now with a win against Fleetwood, uh, then it's not so bad, is it? The goal uh, conceded today, quite similar to the first one on, on Tuesday. Yeah. Is that one that the keeper should be looking at himself or the defender should be getting back to, to the rebound? How do you see that one? Uh, Wednesday night, I, I think Hendo needs to do better. Um, today, I think he makes a great save. I think that's a great save from, from the shot. It's a really similar goal. You're, you're absolutely spot on. I said that to the lads at half-time. Like, we need to be following those in. have to be following that in. We have to sense danger. have to fear the worst. Um, and we haven't, we haven't. And obviously, the guys followed it. He's got another tapping, so that's disappointing. But I think Hendo was outstanding today. He's, he's you know, like, great save from them. Nothing you can do. Guy follows it in. Another couple of saves there in the first half uh, at nil-nil, sort of t- to keep us in it. So um, yeah, he was critical of himself on Wednesday, and I was critical uh, of the goals, and not just him, of everyone. Uh, the nature of the goals we conceded, but. I think, I think he done well today. Just a couple more. I don't want to keep you too long. But with, with Chance being back now, you mentioned about him. Obviously, we, we know he was more of a bench player last time. Is he in a position now where he can start more 90 minutes of games? Because I guess if he's here as a building block for the future years, you'd, you'd want him to be a key player because he's a key man in League One. Yeah, I mean, I've always... It's always sort of... Uh, what's the word? 
annoyed me, I guess, that you've got a player that good and can only be a, you know, everyone says he can only be 30, 30 minute player, 45 minute player, whatever. Uh, when someone's that good at, at what they do, you know, you want them for longer. Uh, but Chucks has had issues with injuries and things like that, and you have to manage him carefully. Like, wasn't my intention to play him 90 minutes today, but I'm really delighted that he got through it, and he's come through it with no issues, as far as I know. Uh, well, he scored a, a winner in the last minute, so we need to try and build him up and get him to a position where he can he can he can do that regularly. Uh, is all of a sudden he going to become a Saturday Tuesday Saturday 90 minute player? That's, that's a long term project, but he's our player now. Um, you know we've got time, and uh, yeah, I want to I want to get as much use out of him as I can. And obviously in that position at the minute, I'm really light. You know Stockley and Washington are fit. Chuck's probably starts on the bench today, and you bring him on to um, to come and try and affect it that way. But they're not, and we're light in there. And there you go, you're there from the start, Chuck's, and you played 90, and you've scored. So I bet he's glad I never brought him off after 60 minutes. Or, Started in from the bench. I'm probably preempt my final question. I was just going to ask about the fitness of the other two. Um, obviously, Connor's come back out and Jaden's still out. Have you any update on the two of them? Um, Connor is back sort of where he was really before uh, the crew game. So, obviously, he came out of... Uh, I can't even remember the games. The, the game previous that he missed, the, the FA Cup game, he had a little uh, hamstring niggle that recovered in time for Wednesday but he, obviously he was fatigued from that and uh, feeling the same as he was you know, in the build up to the Norwich game so I couldn't take a chance with him uh, he just wasn't, wasn't ready we're hoping that it's not, it's not uh, any worse than it was before and with a clear week um, I'd say there's a good chance that he'll be involved at the weekend but obviously I have to, have to uh, monitor that carefully I can't afford to lose another player like for a long period of time in that position because <laughs> you see what happens when when I have got all my, my forwards fit and available to me we don't lose games um, so it, it's disappointing when they're not they're not available to you well, what's, what's Jaden getting any closer to my timeline or a, a diagnosis as such uh, J- Jaden's had some treatment um, at the start of this week that we're hopeful he, re- he responds to but it's it's the type of treatment that that you need to give sort of a two-week window, really, to to see if he's going to respond. Um, but you know, the, the the specialists and the medical team are, are really positive that, that that it will have the de- desired outcome and that it'd be available to us. But I can, you know, I can't hand on heart tell you that he's going to be back um, in a week or two. But um, really, really hopeful that he is. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ignores him momentarily, tries a difficult ball, finds Gilby, super work. Gilby turns inside. Can he finish? Yes, he can! to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. I hope you guys are well. Just before the break there, we heard from the Addicts boss, Johnny Jackson, uh, following the draw at Cheltenham. Uh, I mean, he admitted it was a smash and grab, Tom. Uh, I think he'd have to do that. He says he felt like at least it's a little bit just deserves for uh, what we've uh, what we've put up with in terms of results not really going our way in, in, in the last few weeks, despite what he, he felt was... You know, performances that were better than, than yesterday. Um, as, as I said, I asked him about the formation situation because that is something that comes up a lot. Um, but I, I just found it fascinating the way the way he spoke about not, not wanting... To, you know, he's working hard on something here. He doesn't want to rip it all up and start again just because we've gone three games without a win. You know, he talks about sticking to his principles. And I've, I mean, I've likened him to... You know, Russell Martin said that when he was at Milton Keynes last season. He's ended up at Swansea now. But man- managers have a plan in their mind which they want to try and make work as well. Obviously, Jacko will be well aware that performances have to fit around that as well. So it's about trying to find the right balance, but also not ripping up everything you've been working on for the last few months and was working a, a couple of weeks ago, well, maybe a month ago for us. I think that last point is is the important one, that this is way too small a, a time under Jacko for us to say this is working or this isn't. I know my previous answer, I, I sort of spoke about the formation and, and that's not me saying that it needs to be ripped up. It's just that it's it's something to consider because teams do work out how to play against you. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to change it up. It means you need to rethink it and maybe maybe just work at it harder. Like, again, me and Naif were saying, when DJ was was kind of confident and he was playing out in that, that wing-back spot, he was taking players on. And that seems to have gone away. Now, that's not necessarily a formation thing. That's more an individual thing. So... Yeah, I admire what he's doing. He's still a young manager. There's definitely not enough games under his belt yet for us to say this formation does work or this formation doesn't work. You just need to make sure, as you just said, that he is adaptable. And if something isn't working, he's prepared to try something else. And, you know, we think back just to the start of this season, Eva, how how Adkins never really changed it when it clearly wasn't working or towards the end of Carl Robinson's reign when, you know, the, the 4-2-3-1 kind of... You know, we could predict it before the game had even kicked off. Whoever we were playing, it was always going to be that, even when it wasn't working. And you don't want a manager to just drop into that mindset where they're just going to be stubborn and play it. But if he believes in it and he thinks it works, then he deserves more time to to prove it one way or the other. And what I'd like to think is if by the end of the season, or even just a few more games or whatever, it's still not working, Jacko will take stock and he'll have a rethink. But, you know, he's taking a group of players who were playing 
for a little while under Adkins in a completely different shape in a completely different way it's going to take time to settle in and I know we're all concerned about how it's dropped off the last the last few weeks but as you say it's not been a huge amount of time really uh, it's just over a month um, and some of the performances in that time have been good we just haven't got the results and I think you know the Norwich game we're up against the Premier League side the Plymouth away game we had a couple of Covid cases there are excuses or reasons why we've lost a couple of those games uh, I think crew obviously very disappointing and yesterday performance wise disappointing but I don't think that's enough to to start panicking yet so yeah interesting as I said earlier interesting to see what he does over the next few games particularly if results don't pick up about what he does but he's a young manager learning the game and, and I back him totally to to yeah. get to get it right yeah I mean Nathan do you do you back a manager in sort of sticking with his principles where you know like I said to Tom trying to find that balance between being too rigid I guess but also working on something that, that you think is going to work and having a mindset at a club that, that's aimed towards playing a certain way and you know if it is in a certain formation that, that's worked for us over uh, over time as well yeah I think listen it, you, every every person not even every manager every single one of us and every listener will have a, an idea of how they believe football should be played and how they would like us how they'd like Charlton to see play and there's nothing wrong with having principles of the game and trying to instill that in terms of a long-term project. But I just think with the way that it's going at the moment and, um, you know, our current form, sometimes it might need, in my opinion, you sometimes need to go back to basics and just instead of putting square pegs in round holes that you that you just play people in their normal position. It's not saying that we should have played four four two yesterday or whatever. I just think that, that DJ playing left wing back didn't work for me. He just seems to be... Uh, he seems more tentative. He seems more worried about doing the defensive side of the game, which is good. But then that takes away that edge of him doing something out of the ordinary, you know. And and Adam Matthews, I thought he he, he could have. I thought he could have played centre half yesterday because he did up at Sunderland. And maybe Sean Clare with that little bit more pace and the delivery could have been better on the right hand side. But listen, I'm not. Uh, a Charlton of a Charlton manager, luckily for everyone. But um, I think, yeah, no you, principles are good. But I just think sometimes if you go back to the drawing board and just keep it simple, and just until you've got your best players, as I said earlier, once we've won those Ipswich games and 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 you know the Plymouth games, we probably had our best, more or less our best squad out, best team out, and th- th- that showed in the results. And since we've lost key players, um, we obviously haven't been able to carry that over. But yeah, I'm not worrying. I'm not. Obviously, demanding you know that he's got to you know pay a play a certain formation because obviously Jacko works him every day. I just think sometimes it just didn't work for a few players and like with the Lecos, Lecos just not well, he's not doing very well in my opinion at the moment anyway. So put him at right wing back or or DJ at left wing back. I didn't know if Pape Soare and Ben Perrin were injured or anything, but it just seemed quite unbalanced yesterday. Um, and I think for us to get a result on. Saturday, I just think we should just go back to basics, just even for a couple of games, get get that confidence back because we just look bereft of confidence. Because if you look at that game against Norwich, that intensity, you know, the pressing, the confidence, you know, the swagger on the how we were playing to crew and Cheltenham, no disrespect, but where where where's that gone? Where's that intensity gone? Are they tired? Um, I don't know. It's it's just a bit strange at the moment. I, I, don't, I think Tom said earlier he can't really put his finger on it, and nor can I. Um, but yeah, I'm not panicking yet, but yeah, we need to pick up soon. 
Lovely stuff. Right, let's have a look at a couple of uh, tweets as well that have come in. Ben says we couldn't pass the ball or play football in the final third. Just seemed to be uh, either dreadful long ball uh, or slow, sloppy passing. Never allowed us to get into any space uh, to show our ability. Uh, we need to be smarter and quicker and more confident in possession if we aim to be a top side. Mr Samuel Cutts says still have a lot more work to do as not hitting the highs that we were when uh, Jacko was caretaker. Still, it was a great to see that we were trying right until the end and managing uh, to get some of the game. Uh, Morgan, I felt, played the best he's done uh, for a while. Alan says, too much uh, wrong to say uh, what went wrong yesterday. Gone from JJ looking good at the back and passing uh, a pressing team back to Adkins. Keep ball uh, with no end product and we can't defend. Looks like players uh, wanted their mate uh, JJ to get the job and now he's got it. Uh, they think they uh, they can come off the gas. Uh, glad that Chucks is back. Uh, but so angry about the last two performances. Paul says that listened uh, to the commentary and sounded like a really poor performance. Uh, sounded like Brownie was about to explode at halftime. Credit to the team for keeping going uh, to the end. So nice of us uh, to have got a better end, a better end uh, of a last kick of the game for the first uh, for the first time since Wembley. Yeah, King of Cool says everything was slow. Uh, where's the pressing gone? On the ball, the back three are too slow, taking too many touches, seem unable to pass the ball forward, along with midfield, not willing to run forward uh, with the ball. Uh, players seem to be in holiday mode four months early. Now, Joe uh, Puddyfoot's uh, sent in some uh, messages about, uh, you, you may or may not have seen the news that's sort of broken uh, this afternoon, that Terry Skiverton is joined, uh, due to join uh, the, the backroom team. Uh, at the club, coming from Yeovil. Uh, can't say I know a great deal about him, actually, but um, uh, Joe said uh, he has experience in the management roles. Uh, he's an older head to bounce off uh, for Jacko. Loyalty is a one-club man for 23 years. That's the Charlton ethos uh, looking to progress himself. Doesn't appear to rock the boat as experience, success and failure. We'll have to see how things change over the coming months, uh, but it seems like it could tick the Curbs Browning experience need and adds outside ideas and someone that wants to be involved on a daily basis. He doesn't have Premier League experience, uh, but he has been coaching for 13 years. Yeah, so not clear if, if Skiverton's going to come in as like a coach or the assistant manager that's not been announced yet. Uh, Tom, I don't know if you know a great deal about him either, but we, I mean, we do know we were a coach short. That's been discussed. Um, I think um, I think I saw Anthony Hayes on the bench again yesterday, um, but it's, it's obvious that he, he he wanted to go back to his his role in in the twenty threes, and we wanted to get a body in to assist Jacko with a full coaching staff as well. Yeah, he, he's not someone I know a huge amount about, but I'm not going to judge him like I've seen some people do already on Twitter. Who you know have have said that you know what that what sort of a signing is this? I think. As you say, he's been he's been in the game a long time. I know he's had a number of kind of coaching roles or assistant manager or caretaker manager roles at Yeovil. Um, and, and okay, that might not be the the ideal CV that we're looking for in terms of the club he's been at, but he's clearly been there a long time in the game. And and if we think about the other people on that coaching staff, obviously Jacko himself, but also Jason Newell been around Charlton a long time but coaching wise I know yours has been with the under 23s and, and other sort of youth teams but they don't have a huge amount of experience so bringing somebody in externally like that somebody who knows the game well I think is a shrewd move and you know how much I don't know how much we knew about someone like Les Reed when he first came in I was probably too young to know same with Mervyn Day you know these are names now that I associate with with Charlton and you know, Kerbs talks about Mervyn Day all the time in terms of what he offered him. So let's wait and see. I'm not going to say he's going to come in and transform the club overnight, but he's got experience. The fact he hasn't lost his job at Yeovil shows that he clearly knows what he's doing, albeit a, a, a different club and, and perhaps a, a lower level at times of, of their, 
you know, compared to what Charlton have been in the past. But yeah, let's see what he can do. And he's an experienced head. And if he can offer Jacko some some alternative options and a, a kind of outside view from a Charlton perspective, then I think that can only be a good thing. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know too much about him, but I'm certainly not going to knock him just yet. Lovely stuff. Right, uh, let's hear from the goal scorer yesterday. Chuck Zinike, excited I was uh, to see. Uh, he was re-signing for the club uh, on Friday. A deal said to be worth around £300,000. A three-and-a-half-year contract as well to keep Chucks uh, at the Valley. He played the full 90 minutes yesterday, uh, bagging that last-minute leveller. I managed to get a quick chat with him after uh, to ask him how excited and pleased he was to be back at the Valley. Definitely feels good. He said um, familiar faces, and I felt like I was coming. You know, um, obviously, when you know people, it makes it a bit easier to come in and go again and see... But yeah, no, it feels good. You know, obviously happy to get the goal today, and you know, I'm going to build it and go for go from there. Yeah, no better way to start your second spell with the club with a with a goal right at the end. Definitely, definitely. You know, we needed it. You know, we just kept on going, and that's just testament to the to the character of the boys. So yeah, no, definitely, it's good. Delighted. What did you make of the game overall? Obviously, it was quite a tough one. Definitely a tough one. You know, they made it tough. You know, they're competitors. They're, you know, they're competitive boys, and you know. Uh, there wasn't many, many, you know, chances and great play within the game. So, um, yeah, we can work on that. But, you know, we go again, you know, this is League One. Some of the games are like that sometimes. You've got to grind out with results sometimes. So you're getting a bit frustrated in the first half. Like calling for Ryan to get the ball up to you a bit quicker. Yeah, is it yeah, not coming, yeah. coming your end quicker? Yeah, just see, sometimes like I said in League One, you've got to mix up the games. Sometimes it's good to play. And sometimes, you know, when you've got like strong boys like me at the top, you know, you can flick on second balls and you play at the, on the other right, on the other side of the pitch. So, um, yeah, that's just what I was saying, really. What do you see as like the targets for the second half of this season? Obviously, Charlton giving themselves a lot of work to do if they are to chase down the, the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, we just take it game by game. You know, we're here. We want to win every single game. You know, we want to win every single game in training, whether it's training or, or game or whatever. So, yeah, um, I don't know about targets or anything like that. I'm just setting myself. You know, just want to win, win every match. You know what I mean? And what is it a, a tough decision to, to leave Lee and, and to come back to Charlton? Obviously, I guess it didn't quite go yeah. as you were hoping when you're up at Birmingham. Yeah, no, it was definitely uh, a, a tough decision. Obviously, um, I was in the championship and, you know, I was coming off the bench quite a bit and, you know, I'm grateful to, to Bowles for giving me a, the chance to, to go. But um, the situation has changed at football all the time and, you know, I found myself an opportunity here and, you know, I'm here and I'm happy. And obviously, when you were here last season, you spent most of your time sort of coming off the bench. You feel like yeah. you're in a position now where you might be able to start more games last 90 minutes like you've done today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I said, I've been, you know... I've been working hard up in, in Birmingham, so uh, I feel like I'm in good nick. Whether Jacko wants to, or the gaffer wants to, whether the gaffer wants to play me from the start or off the bench, and you know I'm ready to do whatever I need to do. Brilliant. Thanks, Chucks. Well done. Was it, it was Birmingham's decision? Was it to? to um, it was a mutual decision, you know. Um, opportunity came up, and you know it was a mutual decision. You know, they, you know, it's January they want to shuffle teams around, and you know, so. You know what I mean? That's what they chose to do, and obviously the opportunity came here, and it was too. You know, it was good to turn down. Lovely to uh, have a quick chat with Chucks yesterday, Nath. Um, obviously, I asked Jacko earlier as we heard about his fitness. I asked Chucks a little bit there about how how fit he's feeling, whether he's going to be able to start more games, and you know, in, indication is he he feels pretty well. He's been working hard at Birmingham. He said. Uh, Jacko obviously wants to get those levels of fitness up so he's ready to start more games more often as soon as possible. But, I mean, if he can, then that is absolutely surely the first building block in, in what will need to be quite a lot of them in order to start pushing for promotion next season because he's a, he's a man in League One who scores goals for fun. Yeah, of course it is. I think, um, as I said earlier, that he, he, he didn't drop off yesterday. I thought he looked fit, he looked strong yesterday all game. 
Uh, well, I know Jacko said that he didn't. He wasn't planning on keeping on there for the whole ninety. But yeah, no, he looked fit and strong. And yeah, like you say, if it's if we're gonna maintain any sort of um, push next year, or even having you know a good tail end to the season, I know we're not gonna make the plus, but we still want to try and finish high as we can and try not get sucked in too much into a relegation fight. But yeah, a fit chunks and Ek is a dangerous one, and he's a powerful one. And there was moments yesterday and you know throughout last year when when he was starting or come off the bench um he's a real handful at this level and um i think either if he, if he partners stockley or he partners um connor i think he can work well work, work well with both so yeah he's, he needs to stay fit and yeah listen i know naturally we're gonna sort of question it at the moment because we he was, you know, there were times where he had a couple of injuries and a couple of niggles and stuff. So, but yeah, if he stays fit, he's going to be a handful um, because I'm pretty sure most League One teams would want Chucks in their side, put it that way. Yeah, certainly. Dan, Dean says that was good when Nike left, so happy he is back. It'd be great if he could play week in, week out for 90 minutes, but I'm happy to have his impact from the bench. He's an absolute game changer and not just his goals. His physicality brings others into player defenders. At Nightmare, Dave says with an EK, JJ's got to decide whether uh, or how much uh, game time he gets. Obviously, he can bang the goals in, but the obvious concerns uh, will be about his fitness. And Richard uh, just tweets in talking about the, the necessity to start sort of planning ahead and, and getting in players with, with the longer term in mind, which I think, uh, I, I, I hope to think that the Chucks is certainly uh, part of that. Let's have a look at a couple of emails that have come in as well. Jonathan West uh, says, uh, hello, he's been uh, training with the Upbeat Boys again. I uh, hope you're well, Jonathan. Uh, training is going well. McSquared said, yet another poor away performance, yet more missed chances and yet another goalkeeping howler from Henderson. The one plus point is that we finally have another experienced goal scorer who is able to find the net and not a moment too soon. We may not have deserved the point this time, but Anike has already provided his worth uh, with uh, that last second goal. It's also great news that he now appears to be fit enough to play for 90 minutes again. It's a pity he ever felt it necess- uh, necessary to move on in the first place, but at least we now have him on a permanent deal. McGivory has been sorely missed, though let's hope he's back uh, for the next game. The team seems very disjointed again in general. It must be of great concern. Whatever happens in the remainder of the season, we have to make sure we are a cohesive unit again, as when JJ was only an interim charge. The only thing uh, we can ever hope of getting out of League One uh, is... Uh, sorry, that's the only way we can ever hope of getting out of League One in the right direction. And Phil uh, says, Hi guys, not the result we were hoping for. Fortunate to come away with a point. However, the return of Anike was a plus, although he appeared to have very little support from Mason, possibly as Mason has never played with Chucks before and the pair didn't get anything in the way of quality service. Uh, does anyone know the status of jo- uh, Jake Forster Caskill uh, as his return would make such a difference? Yeah, haven't, we haven't heard an update for a while. I think it was due to get back into training. Was it this month, I think? Uh, we'll see if we can uh, we'll find out any more. Uh, it says he's a player that challenges for everything pretty much all over the park. He's got good vision and creativity uh, as well as being able to have a go and score goals from midfield. It's good that Morgan has started to find a bit of form again uh, with the return of Lavelle and Innes. Perhaps Claire can bolster our midfield as well. I still think we could do with another forward and a replacement for Arta in the midfield at the minimum. We need to look for further long-term contracts so we can have a pre-season with a solid core of next season's team available and fit to go from the off. Let's hope with a clear week that Jason and uh, JJ and Jason Yule can work on the obvious areas of concern and cut out the unnecessary errors just in front of our goal. Hope Craig is back as Hendo's parries are questionable and have caused us problems 
in the last two games. Cheers for that. Phil, right, we've got some fans at reaction as well. Very good of Benji to go and speak to a couple of fans uh, on the train uh, after yesterday's game. This is what they made of the performance at Cheltenham. I thought we got away with it. I think we got a draw. I think we possibly didn't deserve the draw, but we kept going. And I think the problem with Charlton at the moment is we're not creating enough chances. We've got some good midfielders. Um, but personally, I think even though we do, we seem to dominate possession in most games, I don't think we're creating enough chances and getting ourselves in goal scoring. I think it's really worrying that the team can't get motivated. You know, now Jackson's got the job full time, and the big worry seems to be midfield, where we've got good players, but they just don't seem to be operating, carrying the ball well, or posing any threat. And frankly, Cheltenham were, with respect to them, not that good a team, and we couldn't break them down. So. I don't know where it's coming from, that's the worry, and you've just got to think, you know, who's the player that's going to change things for us and, you know, make us more of an attacking threat, because at the moment, we're really bad. It's difficult to criticise Jackson, because I think he's... I like the way that he's, you know, I think the problem with Atkins is he kept changing formation, kept changing personnel. I think Jackson's quite... He's been quite straight with his formation with his personnel and I think I think I just think we're going through a bit of a spell at the moment but I think I think bringing Jackson EK in is a positive I think we're massively missing Stockley and I think he's just got to stick with it because we're not doing a lot wrong I say we're dominating games but we're just not creating enough Sandgard's got a choice because you know either you know is it just throwing good money after bad or does he just consolidate because the chances of us actually getting promoted this season are pretty much zero now and so really it's about staying in this division. So I think he'll spend a bit of money, but not a lot, because it's not like we're trying, you know, it's not like we've got the opportunity to get promoted anymore. Lovely stuff. Thanks to those guys who spoke to us uh, on the, the fans bar uh, after yesterday's game. Obviously highlighting some, some concerns that the Addicts fans will hope will be uh, sorted uh, soon. I guess one of those concerns, uh, Tom, is the fact that obviously we're still without Jaden and Connor, as we heard from Jacko earlier, there's a chance that Connor might be back Saturday for for Fleetwood. Uh, Jaden, I don't know. Every time, every time I speak to Jacko, it's just like it'll be two weeks. Hopefully, he'll respond to the to this treatment this time. I'm just getting a bit nervous about him, and I don't think we can do without him. No, I don't think we can either at the moment. Unfortunately, um, we spoke about it again on Thursday about midfielders not really weighing in with enough goals. Um, and obviously Chucks has come in and got us one yesterday. Obviously Mason got one on Wednesday night. Um, but it, again, it's the front the front players that are getting the goals. And I thought those two looked okay yesterday. Like I say, for the the lack of service they got. Um, but ideally, you want you want Connor and Jaden in there because they were the two that were starting when we were getting all our goals and going on that that good run under Jacko. So. Yeah, obviously we've got Chucks in and that's positive. I still think potentially we need another striker uh, before the end of the window. Um, I haven't been impressed with with Josh, unfortunately. Uh, And as I said again on Thursday and possibly a couple of times before, I don't want to put that pressure on Mason uh, so young. So, yeah, I think we probably need someone else. But but aside from that, again, as, as I sort of just said there, people like Gilby, people like Lee need to be getting more goals and I know Lee again had that sort of hopeful volley from the edge of the box yesterday but these are not players getting in clear cut positions and finishing enough for me and I think Gilby got that goal against was it Ipswich he got the one that was one on one and he sort of wanted to kick on from that and it hasn't really happened 
Uh, Lee, I don't know if he scored at all, but certainly not for a little while. So these are players that should be getting more goals. Uh, and again, the wingers. When you know how many times has Leco scored for us since he's come back? How many times has DJ scored at all since signing? Um, these are players. You know, I'm not going to say someone like Kirk because I don't think he's had enough minutes. Maybe the same for Corey, but those other two, they're playing a lot of minutes and they're not scoring goals. So I think we need to find a way to get more from the team because we have to accept, even if Jaden is fit, you just can't rely on one player for goals. That's not how you're going to... That's probably going to keep you up, I would say, if you've got one player who can get you that many, but it's certainly not going to push you up into the top six, five or six places. And that's what we want to do next season. So, yeah, I think striker is still something we need to address. Excellent stuff. Right, I was down at the Oakwood uh, this afternoon to watch the uh, Charlton women's side uh, take on Lewis. Let's have a quick listen to what happened. Saunders does incredibly well to recover. She was left with absolutely... Oh, but another recovery's gone wrong here and the ball will go across square by Charlton and it's a goal! Elise Hughes opens the scoring for the Addicts. It's been coming. All half the pressure from the Addicts has just been too much for that Lewis defense. Yeah, really pleased. I thought the girls um, executed the game plan really well. Um, I thought us scoring the goal was was what need what was needed. Um, I think they deserved it, um, especially the way they started the game. I thought we was we looked good um, going forward. Um, and overall, yeah, really pleased for them and, and thoroughly deserved. I think. Yeah, I was going to say, particularly in that first half, it's probably the most dominant I've seen from the girls so far this year. Yeah, we've worked so much this week on uh, in possession work as, as as well as what happens when in the final third and if we if we lose the ball and because we knew that, that Lewis are a good side and that they can play their way out as well. So we've worked a lot on our aggressiveness um, and our intent to, to press the ball um, and I thought we really did that and that's how we obviously scored our goal. A great press from, from Winnie. Um, Lois obviously then picked up the pieces and, and squared a nice ball to, to Elise who was in the right place at the right time and, and they, yeah, I think they thoroughly deserved the uh, the goal and, and obviously the second half looked a little bit different but no we'll, we'll take those three points and, and take a lot of positives from the game. There we go 1-0 win uh, for the girls over Lewis. Elise Hughes uh, with the goal. Excellent news as well that Lauren Bruton uh, who we sponsor uh, finally got to make her first appearance for the club. She signed in the summer, was made the club captain, has had uh, dreadful luck with injuries. But uh, she made her, her debut today off the bench. Uh, got to have a quick chat with her after as well. We'll hear that on the Thursday. But congratulations to Lauren and to the girls uh, on their 1-0 win. Six unbeaten, five clean sheets in a row for the Charlton women's side. Right, we've run out of time on uh, this week's Charlton Live. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Thanks to all of you who've got involved with the show and sent your messages in or spoke to Ben uh, for the fans bar as well. Thank you to Tom and Nave. Good to speak to you both. Cheers, Cheers lads. Always a pleasure. My name's Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday to have a look ahead uh, to next Saturday's game with Fleetwood. We shall see you then. Comes a deep ball from Claire, looking for Innes, heads it down to Nike, it's in! Joel have equalised in the 95th minute, it's touch time on the goal line, the addicts are level, no idea who got it, but who cares, Sheldon won, Joel won, come on!
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 